The readings from Mark chapter 3, beginning at verse 13. Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. These are the twelve he appointed. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, to them he gave the name Bonages, which means sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Then Jesus entered a house, and again a crowd gathered, so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, he is out of his mind. And the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said, he is possessed by Beelzebul. By the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. So Jesus called them over to him and began to speak to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand. His end has come. In fact, no one can enter a strong man's house without first tying him up. Then he can plunder the strong man's house. Truly, I tell you, people can be forgiven all their sins and every slander they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. They are guilty of an eternal sin. He said this because they were saying, He has an impure spirit. Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers? he asked. Then he looked at those seated in the circle around him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Thank you, Bethany. Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you who don't know me, um, I'm Ailey Proudfoot. I'm an ordinand with the Scottish Episcopal Church, which means that I'm at university. I'm studying for full-time ministry. So I hope to meet you later on. I want to start this morning with a question, and it's what is community? I wonder when you hear that word, what do you think of community? It's a buzzword, it's bandied about a lot, and in my life this past week, I've been associated, I've been told that I'm part of lots of different communities. So the neighborhood I live in, I'm part of that community. The school that my children go to, I'm part of that community. The university that I study at, I'm part of that community. Twitter tells me I'm part of their online community. 
and shops are doing it too. So I was in a bookshop last week and when I bought a book, I got a little postcard in my bag saying that I was part of their community now. I even had an email inviting me to join an online baking community. Now, I don't know about you, I'm sure you can think of lots of places where you're meant to be a member of the community as well. And I say kind of meant to be, because these communities I've just mentioned, they make me feel a bit fraudulent. Because I was brought up on an island. <laughs> and community there means that you're in and out of each other's houses, you know each other really well, people know all of your business, warts and all, you're responsible to and for one another. And most of these communities I've just mentioned, I don't really feel that responsible for the other people in those communities. Most of the time, I don't even know the people that I'm meant to be in these communities with. So it did make me think, what is community? What do we understand by it? Because the Christian life is not led in isolation. Yes, we see Jesus quite often go and retreat to pray by himself, to come away from people. But he always did this to kind of galvanize the next effort, to prepare for the next work he was going to do. It was never meant to be his permanent state to retreat from people. The thing about living alongside people is that they can be annoying sometimes. <laughs> Maybe you've lived in a flat or a house with other people, with another person, maybe you still do. <clears throat> and your housemates, even if they happen to be your spouse, might sometimes drive you crazy. You might even have fallen out with them this morning on the way here. But on the flip side of that, they might have been the very people who have been with you in the worst of times and who have helped pick you up when things have gone very wrong for you. So community can make us and it can break us. And Christianity began with a group, a very diverse group at that. A group of kind of intimidating, undesirable people brought together who were living with and for one another. And in the Gospel of Mark, we see Jesus bringing in a new community. And there are aspects of this community that are quite relatable to the highs and lows of community that we experience in our lives. And there are three different aspects of this passage that I wanted to uh, skim over with you this morning. And the first is the 12 apostles that are mentioned. The second is the family of Jesus. And the third is the crowd. So the 12 apostles, Jesus' own family, and then the crowd. We'll start with the 12 apostles. So I don't want to just skip past where this happens. The apostles are called but they're called, did you notice they were on a mountain? They were called on a mountain. And the setting is really significant here because the Jewish people hearing this at the time would be reading about a mountain scene, people being called, and their minds would be drawn back to stories that were so familiar to them. They would have known them really well from the Old Testament. So first of all, they might have thought of Abraham speaking with God on Mount Moriah. You can see that in Genesis. Or Moses speaking with God on Mount Sinai and that would be an exodus. Now, you can go and read these stories, but they were significant encounters with God. This was the, uh, God preparing these men for the task ahead of them. Moses and Abraham were chosen by God to come apart with him, to come away from other people in order to get a better view of God, 
because it was in God's presence that they would be given the power and authority for the work that God had in store for them. And so it is with the 12 apostles. Jesus chooses them, and they were to be given the power and authority for the work that Jesus had in store for them. It says in verse 14 and 15 that they would be with Jesus, and that then they would be sent out to preach and to drive out demons. That sounds like quite a big responsibility. It wasn't that Jesus was going to put them through like a Jesus boot camp or get them to submit essays or pass some apprenticeship scheme. It simply says that they would be with Jesus. And it's through that intimate day-by-day time with Jesus that these men would become the 12 apostles. They're still a ragtag bunch of men, but they're going to be changed as they spend time with Jesus. And just as the mountain scene itself is significant to our hearing, so too is the number of apostles, because there were 12 of them. And again, that would be familiar to the ears that were hearing this. In the Old Testament, there were 12 tribes of Israel. So these apostles are the new embodiment of God's people in a new day and a new age. So the 12 apostles. So what about the family? We hear about the family of Jesus here as well. And before I touch on this, I think it's really important to acknowledge that families can be tricky, and I suppose we only need to look at our royal family to see an example of that. No family is as simple as it seems from the outside. How we hear and interpret this story of Jesus interacting with his family will be marked by our own experiences that we have had or not had of family. Maybe we've known a close, supportive family, and we might not like, we might not understand how Jesus responds to his family who are outside and asking for him in verse 32. It says earlier in that passage that they've been drawn to find Jesus because they're concerned for him, for his mental stability. So Jesus' response to them then, does it seem cruel? Is he being dismissive of his own flesh and blood? Or is he trying to open their eyes to how insular a thing family can become? Maybe his family had forgotten to share more widely than their own immediate family circle. But if we're reading this passage through the eyes of someone who's experienced an abusive family, then the words of Jesus might actually soothe us. He's not being controlled by his family, and he's showing that being part of a loving family is possible, even if it's not the one we're born into. Perhaps that's something that we've always longed for. So our own experiences then, as we come to the story, are important. But this story is meant to lift our gaze above our own experiences to see community in the wider frame. Jesus says the one criterion for belonging to this community is doing the will of God. What is the will of God? Well, later on in Mark, in chapter 12, a teacher of religious law comes to Jesus and asks Jesus, what's the most important commandment? And Jesus replies, the most important commandment is to love God with all that you are and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. 
So love God, love your neighbor. That's, that's it. That's how you do the will of God. And maybe that sounds quite simple, but doing these two things can actually be very transformative. They can transform us and they can transform the world around us because we can be healed. Our perspective can be adjusted. In keeping the first commandment in loving God, we discover God's unconditional acceptance. Our love of God will waver. It can come and go. We will have days, we might even have entire seasons when we feel closer to God than others. But his love, unlike even the best familial love, will never change. And as we love God and walk with him, we'll see that. We'll experience the unchanging, unwavering, unconditional love of God. And then what about loving others as ourselves? Well, in doing that, we're encouraged into a healthy view of self. No, we are not perfect. Yes, we definitely have flaws. But our response to these things does not need to be that of self-loathing. We have flaws and imperfections, and that's okay. We're all human. Being accepted by God unconditionally brings healing. And loving others as ourselves will right our perspective. In verse 35, when Jesus says, whoever does God's will as my brother, sister, mother, he's not dismissing the construct of family, but he is redefining what family is. We see that Jesus respects family. If we think about him on the cross, even on the cross, he sees his mother Mary close to the cross, and he says to her this, he points at one of his disciples, this is now your son, you're going to look after him. And he says to the disciple, and this is your mother. So he's not dismissing the construct of family, he thinks it's really important, but he is enlarging our understanding of family. He's redefining it. His belonging and responsibility don't end with his flesh and blood relatives. It extends to those who are seeking to do the will of God. As Christians, we might be um, unusual in our family groups, in our friendship groups. And you might find that they are the people when it comes to faith that just don't get you. They might not understand us at all. And maybe we're increasingly aware, especially if we're quite a new Christian, that our faith impacts all of who we are. It's not just how we live on a Sunday, but it's how we see the world. It's changed. How we operate in the world will be different. And that can make us feel like an outsider, especially with those that have known us the longest. There's a section in um, 1 John, it's in chapter 2, and it says this. I've taken it from the message translation. I thought it was really helpful. Don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father, for God. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from him. The world and all its wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. But whoever does what God wants 
is set for eternity. Our families might not understand us, and that can be hard. But Jesus here is experiencing something of that too. His family are concerned for his mental state, and Jesus, rather than feeling excluded amongst his own family, knows that he is part of God's bigger family. So, the apostles, Jesus' family. Lastly, let's look at the crowd that were following him. There's a very famous saying, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. I'm sure we've all heard that. Well, just as we cannot choose our biological family, we cannot choose our Christian family. Other Christians are our family, all of them. That means the ones we agree with and the ones we disagree with, the ones that look like us and the ones that don't look like us, the ones that we would naturally warm to and the ones that we find much more tricky. The Gospels show Jesus always pushing the boundaries of who is acceptable to be in this Christian family. He seems to make a beeline to hang out with the people that we would be surprised that he would hang out with, the people who do not have immaculate behavior, people like prostitutes and cheaters, those who are left behind physically, mentally, emotionally. Jesus goes to them. The people who are not all joy to be with. People who can be damaged and broken and demanding. It's interesting to note that the crowd are inside with Jesus and his family are outside. <clears throat> they had to send somebody inside to call Jesus. So there's a kind of an inside and outside thing going on here. And Mark's showing us that to be in Christ is to belong to a new family a collection of individuals who have decided to follow Jesus the best way they can. The people who seek to do the will of God become family. I once had a work colleague, and you know that thing on a Monday morning when you go into work, and it's like, what did you do at the weekend? That's how you kind of spend the Monday morning conversation time. What did you do at the weekend? And, and I would always tell him whatever I was doing, and he would always, always ask me, was that with your church friends? <laughs> Is that with your church friends? And I think he was really intrigued by my church friends because he had this image of like these people with like perfect teeth who'd sit around drinking coffee, um, chatting about wholesome things, trying to out-nice one another with kindness. And I used to say to him, you should come and meet my church friends because <laughs> they're not all like that. And the Christian family, like any family, can be hard work. They can judge us, they can disappoint us, they can lie to us. They can be difficult. I've been learning, I mentioned I'm studying this year, I'm at university, and I've been learning a little bit about the history of Christianity across Europe. And a big part of that was the monastic tradition, monks living in monasteries. And uh, we might have an image of what these monks do. You might think that they spend their time in their cell praying all day, or they might do some good works or do some study, and they do all of those things. Um, but there's also a discipline about it. There's a routine of prayer and worship. So it's a very disciplined life. And something I didn't think of about that was... Uh, 
part of the discipline was just bearing with one another. Now, I've never thought about monks having to do this because you kind of think of them as like super holy people who don't really get troubled by things like this. But there's a bearing with one another because they're living in community. So that monk that's sitting next to you chewing in a really annoying way or the guy that doesn't wash the dishes properly or the guy that makes that odd whistling sound with his teeth, all of these things just require you to bear with it because that's the discipline. You're living with one another. That's part of it. And as much as Jesus is saying that this crowd is his family, doesn't mean that he's handpicked the people that he would naturally want to spend time with. They are a ragtag bunch of people, and they will include drama queens and kings, actually, attention seekers, bossy boots, lazy slackers, control freaks, the arrogant, the selfish, the loud, the demanding, the list could go on and on. Basically, people like all of us. And we can see from these that Jesus is bringing about a new community, not based on geography or biology, class or occupation, as our modern takes on community so often can be. From the 12 apostles to his enlarged view of who is in his family, and now to the crowd that follows. Jesus is redefining what community is. We don't get to pick our family. We don't get to pick our Christian family. We are the body of Christ, called to live in community with one another. As we are called to be with Jesus, so that we can be sent out into the world to bring good news and healing, just like those 12 apostles. Shall we pray? Loving Heavenly Father, we want to bring ourselves to you this morning. We want to bring our circles of friends and family to you. Perhaps some of us really would love a family around them. Perhaps some of us are really struggling with our family right now, and we bring these to you. We ask that you would help us to bear with one another, to be patient with one another. And we thank you for the gift of other people, whether they're our biological family or not. We thank you for the gift of other people in our lives. And we pray that in these relationships, we can serve you well. But Lord, we ask that you would help us to be accountable to and for one another with grace, that we would help each other to grow together in our love for you. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.